church. <clears throat> How's everybody doing? Seem quite subdued this morning. I don't know if, need, if I need to start tap dancing up here or something, but that's not going to work. Anyhow, I am grateful that you're here today, thrilled. Um, we had uh, the men's conference last night. I got to speak to these men. It was an honor uh, from all over the community and the region and uh, I remember saying one m moment that, uh, you know, if they shout amen, I'll get through my message quick. And boy, there was a roar that just came up. And I was like, okay, we got to cut this short. <laughs> amen. <laughs> you were good on that. Uh, we have a blood drive tomorrow, and Diane Mittendorf and Mark, they're very instrumental in that. Actually, the blood drive is full. It just fills up, and it's here at the church, but... They are needing some help. They are needing some help with registration. Some people usually that volunteer. And you can see Angie Ellis uh, at the end of the service, if you would. If you're able to give some time or a slot of time uh, tomorrow uh, for that. And then, uh, once again, uh, just remember uh, Kathleen and uh, dear Jim passed away. And I was there with the family. And uh, uh, so we're in preparation for the funeral. And uh, I'll be meeting with Kathleen. And it, it will be at harvest. Uh, we're looking at Saturday the 10th, but we will confirm and we'll get that information out. So we'll be here at the church to celebrate uh, dear Jim's life. Amen. Well, let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing here this morning. Lord, um, we just thank you for this moment in time. We just thank you for your presence, O Lord. <clears throat> Lord, and I just thank you that you are here to speak, not only to speak, just to fill us, uh, Lord, with knowledge, but, Lord, your presence, that we would experience you, and, Lord, that we would leave here changed. We wouldn't just come and clock in, clock out, do religious duty. Lord, Holy Spirit, pierce our hearts today. Pierce our minds, Lord, that you would reveal yourself in a special way to each in every one of us, that we would leave changed in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, <clears throat> amen. I just want to continue second week here uh, talking about greater things that we talked about last week and what I felt the Lord has for Harvest, the church family here. And I really believe that he has greater things, and I won't get into how uh, he brought that about and gave me that word where it's in Texas, but uh, God has greater things for you and I, and that that even even this this building being built and and the land being purchased and everything God is strategically doing uh, for a tremendous harvest. Can I get an amen? A tremendous harvest that He has uh, because He cares about people and He is equipping us uh, to be able servants of His. And so, as I started last week, I. Throughout this thought, this, this thought in the forefront of our minds, and I use the story of St. John of the Cross. He was a 16th century Spanish poet and theologian, and he said this, in the evening of life, we shall be judged by love alone. In other words, <clears throat> the judgment on our life we based on the love of God that we have shown others. See, when you become a believer, you have the ability to operate in agape love, the highest kind of love. And when you become a Christian, you're not just this weak person. You receive the infusion of the Holy Spirit of God 
that you can able to operate in that highest kind of love. Did you know that? Mm, thank you for those two amens. <clears throat> it's a fact, though. You can. Uh, now, many times we don't operate in that, and, and, and sadly, but I just want to talk to you about uh, that the Holy Spirit in our life. And so last week, we kind of just quickly recapped. We talked about how can we do greater things, greater things than Jesus. I mean, come on. But Jesus actually said that. John 14, 12, he said, I tell you the truth, anyone, somebody showed anyone, anyone who has faith in me, that's Jesus, will do, will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things. Can we shout greater things? And I went through a list of things that, you know, we saw in the natural that Jesus did and, and in how even in greater things that he has, he said, in these, because I go to the Father. And so I said this, that Jesus began a work that we are supposed to bring to completion. So even though his death, his burial on the cross, dying, raising from the dead, when he said it is finished, the work of defeating the enemy is, is, is in that moment was accomplished. Tell me, hear what I'm saying? But the job's not done. Because why? Jesus loves people. He needs desires his kingdom to be further. That's why he said, pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How many see that? Say amen. And so we are to continue. So we, he began it in his earthly body, and he will continue it through his spiritual body, and that's us. That's us. Okay? Uh, Philippians 1, 6 says that I am sure of this. I am confident. In other words, I have no doubt. There's, there's not the slightest of doubt, Paul says, in my mind that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That word carry it on actually means he's going to perform it. He's going to perfect it. He will continue it. He will finish it. And it's actually not necessarily, watch this, talking about the preaching of the gospel, even though there's a component in that. What is the work? The work is... Uh, the move of the Holy Spirit in our heart, the transforming power, sanctification. That's not a bad word. That's not a curse word. That is the work that the Holy Spirit, faith, transforming, regeneration. And actually, it's this, the whole concept of self-consecration. That's the good work he desires to do in your life. Here's the question today. Are you letting him do that? Are you, are you allowing him? See, he can come upon you, you can feel his presence, but we can walk right out of here and not allow the Spirit of God to move in our life. It's called resisting. How can you resist God? Jesus said you can. You can we can all resist the Lord, and we don't want to be that. We don't want to be those people. Amen? And so God's going to complete this good work in the lives of believers, and, and that, that is a work that is ongoing. That's every single life here, your life. God is, he's working. He's working. He's working your life if you let it. And, and so I said this, uh, that the Christian life, it's a supernatural life. And, and it's a life that's lived out. It should be lived out in every believer through the indwelling spirit. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And I, and I kind of said this, that by the Holy Spirit and the role in his life, it, it's, not, it's not something they kind of take it or leave it. It's not like optional. Like, uh, I'll take that salvation thing. I want that heaven thing. This Holy Spirit thing, I don't understand. I don't want anything to do with it. No, 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 no. He's vital. We talked about how he's like the engine in our life. He's not just like the air conditioner or something to kind of make you feel good in your trip. It's the vital part of our Christian life and walk, the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> and so he is the engine. He's what makes it go. And so the Holy Spirit is how we can do greater things. 
And so it isn't because we gotta come up with more creativity and strategize, whatever, all those things are good, but we have to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, rest upon him. That's how we accomplish it. John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor or comforter. Jesus is speaking. He says, it's the spirit of truth. He says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, but watch this, for he lives with you. Somebody shall with. Jesus is speaking to the disciples that time. And so the Holy Spirit was with them. They did great things. But the Holy Spirit was with them. Watch what he says. And he will be in you. That's the power of Pentecost. That's the power of a transformed life. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. And so we talk about that word for counselor is the word paraclete. In the Greek, means one called alongside for protection or counsel. Now watch this, watch this. It conveys the idea of someone that will encourage you, even actually has a sense of legality, like a legal sense. And, and we talked about how it means uh, an advocate, uh, someone who makes the uh, right judgment in a situation because he's close enough to the situation. Here, my, my friends, listen to this. The Holy Spirit knows your situation, okay? He's got an answer for your situation. But are we listening? And, and, and there's something, key things about listening to hear. So that's, that's part of the Holy Spirit's role in our life. And the problem, sadly, and I say, I, I, it's very sad, because I, I know in my own life at times, many Christians ignore the role of the Holy Spirit in their life. I'll take that salvation thing. That's okay. We can read the Bible. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I really just don't understand it. It's kind of confusing to me or whatever. And I don't know the role. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that is who we want to talk about today to just, just, just to delve into the role of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because, as I said earlier, we can resist the Holy Spirit in our life. Acts 7.51, Stephen was sharing before the Sanhedrin, and he goes this whole litany about the beginning of Abraham and the forefathers, and they're just there leaning in, listening to him, and by the time he gets to the end of what he's about to say, and he says, and you resist the Holy Spirit, and it's like they began to manifest. They gnashed their teeth at him, they drug him out, and they stoned him to death because he spoke a truth. Telling the truth can get you into trouble. <laughs> There's so many lies out there, but, but he said you resist the Holy Spirit, and we don't want to be that. And, you know, how do we know, you know, we could, some of the signs, and this is a whole message, we want to get into it, but we could be burned out. Anxiety sometimes can be resisting the Holy Spirit, a sense of dread, depression, all these things. Is God speaking, and we not, are we not listening? Is throwing that out there. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed uh, for the day of redemption. In other words, Paul's telling the church, we can grieve him. I've grieved him. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. How many with me say amen? So very quickly, three points here, and then we'll conclude. Uh, role of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is the great reinforcer. He reinforces the truth of God's word. He comes alongside us and he reinforces what Jesus said and did so that we might do greater works. That's what he does. And so John 16, 
uh, 7 through 14. I'm just going to read it because I believe it's very important here this morning. He says, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the counsel will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. In regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, he says, more than now that you can even bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Satan is the author of deception and lies, and he's out there confusing people. There's stuff out there on the internet. They're bombarding you. There's, the enemy has other people pay people to speak lies to you. Can I get an amen? And you got to learn to discern what is truth out there. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit will tell you is yet to come. You know, when Y2K happened, and some of you still have the generators from that, still, some of you still have some of the dry food, <clears throat> I did nothing. And, and, and people thought, you know, are you, should you at least fill the bathtub and have some water? I said, no, I got a well out there. I got plenty of water. Amen? <clears throat> I did nothing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit told me, don't worry about this. Well, everyone else is, you know, you're not preparing, you're not being wise. Now, there are times in the Bible that they did, and they send relief, and they needed to do that. But in this moment, I thought, I'm not doing anything. This, this is not, and then, so I traveled the world, and I remember, I was like, okay, if anything happens, you know, like when the, the time changes in uh, Asia, and then it gets to, like, Ukraine, so I spent, I've been 13 times in 12 years to Ukraine, and, you know, if something happens there, we're going to know. <clears throat> and so I was kind of stayed up a little and watched, and then they said, the power was still on Ukraine. The trains were still running. Went, I'm going to bed. <laughs> but people were full of fear, okay? There's a time and season for everything, okay? And there was, a, there was a famine in the New Testament, and prophets came by, and they sent relief. That's okay. God spoke in that moment. But what I'm trying to say is we need to be steady, Amen? Hear the voice of the Lord when, you know, it, it's like, uh, I don't mean to pick on Scott. Scott has a bunch of sheep. He's a great shepherd. Scott Wagner here, and I've seen the sheep. They're so cute. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Scott. And I said, Scott, what do you think about it? He goes, sheep are dumb. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, yeah, when you see a little one there, if your hand goes to it, it goes, eh. You know, it's like, but they're cute. And if you walk over to the sheep, now, I'm a sheep too, Okay, and you walk over to what happens is they start to, they just look at you. If you come a little bit closer, if one gets spooked, they all take off. Where are they running? Nobody knows, but they just start running. Sheep follow sheep, but we should be following the shepherd. Amen. So uh, Scott's a great pastor. I just want you to know that he's got a real true flock of sheep there. But, you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit as a reinforcer, you know, we parented three kids, and we were youth pastors for 10 years, and we had hundreds of kids that we, teenagers that we dealt with. But just as a parent, you know, when you parent a child, I mean, that's a, a unique experience. So we had three kids, and here's the thing. I'm going to be 60 this year. It was 22 years of parenting, our three kids. Some of you are in the middle of it, and you go, oh, man, is, will this ever end? Oh, it'll rapidly end. The moment they get in their teenage year and they get their license, you just lost a lot of authority in their life. <laughs> but 
It was 22 years from 1995 to 2017. From birth to out of the house and married. Gone, the kids. It's shocking. It's literally, how many parents in here know what I'm talking about? And now how many parents say you're in the middle of it? You're raising kids right now. All right, there's a bunch of you there. It, it, and it seems like it's forever, but it's not. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to reinforce what I say at home and have that reinforced in their lives. And so that was always a challenge and through their teachers or whether it was their coaches, you know, is this a good coach? And are they speaking things that are positive? And especially their friends. I'm going to say that again. Especially their friends. Parents, you need to know the friends of your kids. I'm just throwing that. You, you need to know what's going on. Now, wait a minute. Who is so-and-so? I mean, you need to know. It's okay. Who is speaking into their life? And, and, and I knew that, 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 that it would, we would have a harder time to influence them. And at times we did. Because sometimes choices were made and hang around with people that we just did not approve of and taking them in the wrong direction. But we wanted it reinforced the truths of the Word of God. And, and uh, that's why, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And, and how many know that's an, a, an important concept for the vitalness of a local church that preaches the Word of God? You know, and as, as there are, are many good churches that to preach and teach the word of God and that your kids not to just hear about the Lord, but we need to experience God. They need to experience the Lord and his presence to reinforce those truths. And, and uh, so really the local church is, is a seedbed or should be a seedbed that reinforces the truths of the word of God in our lives, in our family. And, you know, we're committed to that as Harvest, as, as a church, to reinforce those truths in the youth and the young people. So thankful for all the youth workers and leaders that come together every Wednesday and they, they get food for the kids and they uh, host video curriculum and they, they care about the youth here and the children's with Lee and, and the parents that are involved. And all of that matters. It's reinforcing the word of God in their life. Can you say amen? You know, Caitlin up here leading worship was just a little child when we were youth pastoring. Here she is leading worship in the house of God. And, and now you have uh, uh, the Boyd kids and they're running stuff around here. And everyone, everyone else is, you know, they're playing. And it's, but, but it's so important. And, and, and see, there's room for your kids in the house of God. Amen? <clears throat> We need some, like I said this, we need some drummer boys, little drummer boy. We need, we, the worship team is, you know, we throw this stuff out there for not to use. Some of you got gifts right now, but you're not using them. Well, uh, I might have to come to practice. Hello. <laughs> everything you do towards the kingdom of God, God will reward. He, he, he sees everything, everything. You know, moving right along about that. And so the Holy Spirit reinforces, reinforces. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is called alongside of us, dwelling us. Quickly, three things as a sub-point. <clears throat> he talks about the church. Uh, we all need the Holy Spirit, how many know, to convict us of sin. You know, I, I heard uh, uh, an evangelist, who's street evangelist, he was uh, witnessing to this lady, and she was screaming at him, and she was just cursing but she started throwing out the most profane things, and uh, she was just saying, God loves us no matter what, and she started listing all of these horrific things just the way we are, and we don't need to change. How many of those deception right there? 
all right? Does God love us in our situation? He sure does, but to not stay in that situation, amen? <laughs> Lifestyles, things that are contrary to his word. He loves us, but he encourages us, okay, allow the Spirit of God to change that, to line up to the word of God. Can you say amen? So we need him to convict us of sin, and that's part of the role. And we need the Holy Spirit to convict us of righteousness. You know, the Bible talks about in Matthew 23, woe to you teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, watch this, would look beautiful on the outside, beautiful on the outside, but on the inside full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, ow, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Lord, forgive us. We don't want to be those people. Amen? So we need the Holy Spirit to convict us of righteousness. Righteousness. And thirdly, we need the Holy Spirit to convict us of judgment. And we know the enemy, he's being judged, and he will continue to be judged, and, and he's going to suffer eternal torment uh, for what he has done against God's people. And, but here's the thing. He wants to take as many people with him. That's what he wants to do. He wants to take as many people with him. He knows it's a losing battle. He may believe and deluded himself and all his minions and demons, but he knows I can still take people. And that's what he's trying to do. And so the Holy Spirit convicts us to judgment. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, anyhow, that's quickly in that. I don't want to spend too much time in that. So the Holy Spirit is the great reinforcer. The second thing I want to say is the Holy Spirit, he's the great re-energizer, if I can say it that way. The Holy Spirit is called alongside of us so that we might be invigorated and empowered to testify. I remember being filled with the Spirit at age 15 and, 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 and receiving my, uh, the heavenly language and and, and which I believe the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all in that capacity, that, 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 that grace, that additional grace. But I remember at that I just had this boldness to share the gospel. I wanted to go tell people about the Lord. And uh, I just have a little pocket Bible, and I went with another guy who was an intellectual, and I didn't know much, but we wouldn't go knocking on doors. You cannot do that now today. That's very dangerous. So just say, so there are other unique ways of evangelism. But uh, back then, we just did that, and that's just that passion to share. I was energized, John 15, 26, and 27, when the counselor comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Did you hear that? He will testify about me. And you also must testify. When you receive that, that grace, that, that in filling the Spirit, you're going to want to testify. You're going to want to speak and share. And here's the thing. The Bible says this in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. Somebody shall power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you, you will be my witnesses. Actually, in the Greek, that means martyrs but we'll just call witnesses right now just to make it. But you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. The Greek word for power is dunamis. And uh, it actually means, now watch this, especially coming from a full gospel background, you know, when we hear the word dunamis, we go, whoo, you know, we think miraculous power. But, but watch this, it means miraculous might, strength, ability, powerful deeds, it means marvelous works. It means having ability to perform. Um, it means power through God's ability. And actually, the intention, and there is a miraculous component to this, no doubt, 
because we see with miracles, but it's not just miracles. It's power to grow spiritually. Oh, th think about that. So you shall receive power. Well, I don't have that power, whatever. So here I am. No, 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 it's that power to not remain the same, to change. Can I get an amen? And, and, and so, so there's that change. It's not just about miracles. Now, I thank God, Pentecost, you know, actually in the Greek it means 50. 50 days after Jesus spoke these words. Watch this. The Holy Spirit filled 120 disciples, and the Bible says that after that, those disciples testified to the people in Jerusalem that day. And here's what happened. Over 3,000 people got saved in that day. Nothing like that ever on a scale happened before that. Jesus spoke to multitudes, but the salvation that was poured out because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even Peter preached just a few months earlier, he denied Christ. You know, I share this at the men's meeting that, you know, for, especially for some men too, this affects us all, but there's a, a lot of you, you, you can forgive others, but you don't forgive yourself. Someone needs to hear that. You don't forgive yourself. And when I heard that one time, I was like, well, you know, if someone comes up to me, you know, they're sorry, man, I'm there, amen, and hey, let's pray together. How many hear what I'm saying? But when I do something wrong, oh, you should have known better. You should have been, come on, are you, you know, you, you were, you're a teacher, of the, you're a pastor, you're a, you know, all these things with your mind and the enemy just beat you up and you feel like, and, but here's the thing, I've learned to forgive myself. And I remember, I read somewhere, I heard something, whatever, when someone says that they really can't do that, that actually is a spirit of pride. Because you think, well, somehow in yourself, naturally, that you're better and that's a spirit of pride. You go, Lord, there go I, but by the grace of God. <laughs> Amen? And so here we have Peter, who was broke. I just think if you did what Peter did, and you said, I don't know him. I don't know him. And then it says he began to curse, so whatever he said at that moment, I don't know. But you said that about Jesus, and it says the cock crew, the roaster, rooster, and they looked up. Jesus said in one translation, he saw it, his eyes fixed on Peter, and Peter took off and just ran. Now just think a few months later, the boldness come upon you in the Holy Spirit, and you preach with boldness. What changed that person? The Holy Spirit did. And the Holy Spirit will take you from a scared, fried chicken to a powerful woman and man of God. And no matter what your past has been, he will, amen? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's just... Just a few months later, that's the power of Pentecost. Here's the thing. The dunamis of God is needed in every sense of life. If we're really going to grow in power and faith and, and in sanctification. So the Holy Spirit is the great empower. And that's, that's how we're going to do greater things. It's how. It's not because it could be pointing to one person or great whatever or, or you know, strategizing. It's, it's the work of grace in our life. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit is the great reminder. I love this. It's true, I mean, know that we forget things. What did you eat last night for dinner? Tell me, uh-huh, uh, did you even eat? And we forget things so quickly. I mean, just naturally speaking. We forget, we forget. Even this message, I mean, you leave here tomorrow, it's just like, and so I pray the Holy Spirit, at least one thing is spoken that you hang on to, you grip, and it's like you just mull over that. Because we forget so quickly. Well, the Holy Spirit is called alongside us 
that we might remember what Jesus said and did. But here's the thing. You can't remember if you don't put anything in. Amen? If all that's playing is KXRA, come on, or some crazy podcast about who's murdering who or whatever, come on, somebody. Amen? Where is that? In that time of need, what's that word? Anyhow, moving right along. You gotta, you gotta put it in. So the Holy Spirit is a great reminder, but our job is to put it in our soul and our spirit. Amen. <clears throat> uh, John 14, 26, once again, the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you. Can we shout that? Say, remind you. <clears throat> remind you what? During a crisis, during a difficult battle. Maybe you're witnessing somebody. There's a physical stra- a struggle maybe in your life. Remind you of what? What does God say about this? We just heard a testimony about a woman that's healed. Lynn, and the, the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance the word. And so here's the thing. God is telling people stuff every day. He's bringing to mind, bring to remembrance, but he does it quietly. He doesn't do it loudly. And there's a lot of chatter in our life. And some, come on, you got to dial down that chatter. What are the voices that are louder right now in your life than the voice of the Holy Spirit? Only you can answer that. What are the voices in your life that are louder for you to, that's hindering you from hearing? I don't know what they are. You do. You know, when Elisha uh, did a great feat through the, through the miraculous power of God and the prophets of Baal were destroyed and Jezebel said, by tomorrow, if you're not dead, uh, you know, I'm coming after you. He's, he filled with fear. He took off. He ran and ran. He hid it in a cave. And then there was three things, it said. Remember that? Three things that happened. There was a fire. There was a wind, Right? there's a noise, like an earthquake, and it says this, and God was not in any of them. But it says this, then the still, small voice spoke to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Come out. And see, it's it's the still, small voice. So, so, So we all have to find the place where we hear the still, small voice. Do you have a place? Do do, do you have a place? I mean, some of you might get, get real early, and you get in the truck, and you're hauling. You got to go, whatever, you're going to pick up. You could, you could have a time in your pickup to hear the still small voice. Come on, somebody. You know, and, instead of cranking on something goofy, you could, you could have some work. You could, you could, we all, whether you're folding laundry, even taking care of kids, we could all find a spot where we hear the still small voice. You know, and especially when, when you hear that, especially when you pray for someone, Usually, I, when someone asks me, you know, for prayers, like, oh, how do I pray for them? I ask the Holy Spirit, tell me how to pray. What do they need? Because they may tell you what they need, but how many know the Spirit knows exactly what they need? I, I don't. And so I'll just say, Holy Spirit, you know, how should I pray? And a lot of times I just pray in the Spirit for them and, and, and whatever. And or sometimes the Lord will give me a word in a situation for a person. And sometimes, actually, I'll, I'll call or meet them. And I'll say, hey, uh, this was stirring within me. How does this resound with you? Not some real demonstrative, you know, with a staff, you know, and thinking I'm Moses or something. You know, I got a word for you. No, 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 no. Just a simple, hey, how does this resonate with you? Does this speak? And, and, and it's surprisingly, surprisingly, people will say, you know what? That's, a, that's exactly what I'm going through. That, that's exactly, I needed to hear that. Thank you. I needed to hear that today. Thank you for praying that. The Holy Spirit is the reminder, and he knows what's going on in your life and other people's lives. 
Now, he's not going to reveal stuff so that could be an embarrassment or anything like that, but he can reveal stuff to you so you can pray, and you can pray effectively. Amen? You know, I, I think about the Holy Spirit as a reminder, and, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, and I've heard people talk about this, and my grandmother, she was just a, a dear Catholic. She should have been a saint, you know. She's just very involved in the Catholic Church, and I love the, the, the Catholics there. Just a, they're, they're wonderful people. They really are. And they believe in the Spirit. They believe in the move of the Spirit. And, but uh, uh, she would say, well, if you lose something, Michael, she never called me Mike. It was always Michael. You got to pray to St. Anthony of the lost things. And I was like, well, okay. Well, really, what she's saying, it's the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit? There are times I've lost and misplaced. Come on, somebody. And I was like, Lord, where is that? You know, and I'm pretty organized, but some stuff, come on. And then there's so many stories of look behind the couch or whatever, not the remote or anything like that. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit, where's the remote? And, you know, seriously, you, know, what, you lost something. He will reveal. I remember my dear sister Sue, who's in heaven, and she's a wonderful woman, but she never married. He said, Grandma, can you please pray for husband? What's the saint? She said, oh, that's St. Judah the Impossible. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> The teacher is still teaching, <laughs> amen? And, uh, you know, when we think about God's will for our life, God does not want us to be ignorant, amen? I'm almost done. He does not want us to be ignorant. In 2 Corinthians 2.9, sometimes people use this as an excuse. It says, but just as it is written, things which the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, which have not entered to the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him, and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. Well, Paul is actually quoting Old Testament, Isaiah 64, 4. And some people use an excuse. They say, you just can never know. You, you, you just can never know the will of God for your life. I mean, he's just, it's mysterious. Some people find it, but you just may never know. Thank you. Isaiah was bemoaning the perplexing problem of man's inability to know what God has planned for him. And so at that time, watch this, before the Holy Spirit came to indwell the hearts of people, Pentecost, it was difficult. It was actually impossible. You'd have to find another prophet to hear the word of the Lord. You had to go to somebody to discern the things that God planned. But here's what I want you to see. It says 2 Corinthians 9 that, but the next verse, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2.10, 1 Corinthians 2.10, says this, for God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. That means you can know the will of God for your life. That is one, probably the, the number one question people have in their life. What is the will of God for my life? And some people are still asking it in their 60s and 70s. That's okay. Ask, the Holy Spirit has a plan and purpose for your life. But, you know, a lot of times I think we mislead people. We think everything is grandiose because, you know, everything's huge in America. We want everything grandiose. You're going to be an amazing star. You're going to be a, you know, YouTube, you know what. Forget about it. How about faithful moms raising kids? We need that. Amen. That, that to me is big. You know, the Bible says what man honors and reveres, God does not. What we think is important, God looks at, he looks at when you come to prayer to pray, that that's big for the kingdom. I mean, you, when you seek, when you pray for your family, and you serve in the house of God and the things that you give, your, uh, you share your faith. Amen? 
And so the Holy Spirit is the great reminder. He will tell you what you need to know and that next step of obedience. But once again, we have to still our souls and listen. That's our job. Stand with me if you would, please. Worship team, you come forward. And it goes back to creating an atmosphere to receive and to hear his voice. Now, for me, and some of you may have heard this before, this is me. I'm not saying you need to do this, but it probably wouldn't be a bad thing. But for some of you, it's totally impractical because you don't have the space. That's fine. But if you do, I build a prayer room in every house I've had. I built a little room to pray. I have a go-to place. How many hear what I'm saying? Somebody's like, what? I mean, there's man caves. Come on. <laughs> we deck them out. <laughs> well, we're going to have this, the TV. But, but what about a God place? I'm, I'm just throwing that out in a, a life-giving way. You know, what, where, where is your place to steal your soul? It's a laundry room. Go ahead. Go in the laundry room. It's the closet full of clothes, but it's quiet because it's insulated. Go in the closet. <clears throat> it's at the kitchen table with my Bible open and my coffee. All the kids are off to school or whatever. I, that's your place. It's a place. It was a time in, in Bible school, you know, when you're in Bible school there, everybody's, you know, they're, they're all, everybody's praying. They're looking for a bride. They're looking for a husband. And, of course, I found one too. But um, and nothing wrong with that. But it's like you go into the prayer room and it's like, man, there's no room in here. That's a good thing. You're in Bible school. Should be. I couldn't find any space. So I get up in the morning. I would go into my little station wagon in the parking lot, shut the door, and I would just, with a blanket, of course it was Texas, a few months, and I just would pray in the car that's not running. It was just, what I'm only sharing is, please hear me, that I've had powerful times communing with God, hearing his voice more clearly, because I created a space if he had bowed, if you would, this morning. There is greater things that the Lord has for this church and your family. It's only going to come about by the Holy Spirit working in and through us. That's lasting. That's eternal. And so once again, in a life-giving way, not in a legalistic, treadmill, judgmental, but in a life-giving way, we all need a space place that we can cultivate that still small voice in our life. Yes, and when we do that, God will give you stuff on the fly. He'll give you stuff when you need it in the moment and whatever, and he'll, but, but you have spent the time getting to know him. I really pray this is coming across in a life-giving way and not that you're receiving this in a, in a spirit of, of grace, that, 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 that this would actually cause you to Maybe go home and change some things for good. Watch and see what the Lord will do in your life. Greater things, greater things. You're here this morning. You know, the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into Jesus, that salvation. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. That means we are baptized into Jesus. That means we become born again. We're saved then. With every head bowed here this morning, you say, Pastor, I, I don't have that assurance. I am not assured 
of salvation. I, I hope to, but I don't have it. I want to I pray for you all here this morning, or whoever that may be. You say, I'm, I'm not right with the Lord. I want that baptism into Christ. I want to be born again. Can we pray together as a church? What you're doing is you're receiving Christ into your life. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Fill me. Save me. Thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name.